Hi, this is Chris at Darker Days Radio, and of course you're listening to Realm of Fire. Now, normally Realm of Fire starts off with some cold opening where we're talking, you know, generic rubbish and having a laugh about Games Workshop and war games and just how silly and stupid it can all be. But instead, rather than that kind of cold opening, uh, I'd like to just open this episode and give a heartfelt condolences to uh, the family of Brian Ansel, who unfortunately, the very night, the very day we were recording this episode, passed away at age 68. Uh, obviously, Brian's impact on wargaming, Warhammer, Games Workshop is massive. Um I don't really need to explain that to everyone's list, but uh, I thought it was just important to, you know, make those uh, feelings make uh, and condolences known. And let's get into the episode. God, I don't know where to begin. It's the end of the year. It's the end of everything. It's the uh, it's when <laughs> history came to an end in Babylon Five. <laughs> Typical style. Jakar's yeah. <laughs> um, there giving a, a great opening opening lines, and it's 2024 coming in with uh, tons of fucking games going on. Um, so many. Anything we should really just bitch and whine about immediately before we get into this? Like, I've still not played any 10th Ed. <laughs> oh, any well, Ed. don't worry, I got you covered. <clears throat> yeah, you got that covered. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, what's the dumbest thing I've seen possible? Um, even if Games Workshop gets fucking videos out, you know, movies, TV out through Amazon, we're going to have adverts in it. So, you know, you'll be midway watching Henry Cavill blowing people apart with a bolt gun, and then you're going to get, like, I don't know, an advert for a fucking Tesla. Like, <laughs> and and that's you... when you're paying <clears throat> the subscription already. I just this is don't... Warhammer Plus? No, this is on Amazon Prime. You, so you pay uh... Prime, right? If right. you pay if you pay for Amazon Prime, you're getting free shipping on throughout the year. Okay, so yeah. depending upon how much stuff you get through it, you know, I know there's a kind of like, should you shop from other places? And it's like, well, that's easier said than done for a lot of people. But that also means through it, you also get Amazon Prime, you know, video. Right. Right. Yeah. But now that means even if you're paying for that, they're making it such that you'll get adverts in the video content you watch unless you pay a further fee of like a couple of bucks it's just like oh, i mean is this... yeah yeah everyone's doing that everyone's doing that and you know i'm surprised that warhammer plus hasn't gotten into this because mm. you would think they're like oh we need to have advertisements got to get more revenue but then they're going to realize oh we can't talk about any other product from any other company so it's just gonna be advertisements yeah. for either their Forever. stuff or like oh have you gotten the new warhammer candles we got great new flavors. <laughs> Check them out right now. <laughs> fucking candles. <laughs> fucking candles. Like I still can't believe those were a thing. Um, yeah, yoga pants. And oh, it's just it's just madness. Um, yeah, it's just crazy that. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess we should really just start this episode. So yeah, this is uh, Realm of Fire. We're going to be talking about wargaming and other side related nonsense. You know, as always, uh, I'm one of your regular hosts, Chris, and I'm joined by Mike. And uh, let's get into this. So where do we want to start? Let's start with Mini of the Year. You know, just because like Games Workshop's oh, yeah. done their Mini of the Year. Um, it was The Lion. Um, oh, come on. Is... Are you serious? I mean, yeah, when you when you put this in the show notes, yeah, when you put this in the show notes, I said, uh, what's come out this year? And then I immediately thought of The Lion. And I said, nah, I don't like that one. Um, Angron came I mean... second. 
goodness gracious. Commander Farsight came third, which still, I mean, it's a more dynamic pose, but it's a town it, battle suit. <laughs> yeah. Like, town battle suits kind of, look, kind of look derp. They've always looked derpy. Uh, except for those like OG stealth suits. I like those uh, back in the day, back in like, what, 2003? Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, who voted for these? Was it just the studio? Oh, or? No, this is voted by <laughs> survey. The community? So... Yeah, so, you know, things like um, Commander Dante, which is a pretty good miniature. Uh, Talia Vedra, you know, the Cities of Sigma um, commander on 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 Manticore. Oh. That yeah. came out, that massive winged yeah. beastie. Pretty good. Uh, the Norn Emissary for the Tyranids, that was funky. I mean, it's still just kind of like... It's a so it's all, it's all um, big centerpiece models, basically, which makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah, I mean that's always been an attraction. Well, you know, you you want to, you know, for Warhammer Fantasy, you'd have a bunch of your rank and files, and then you have that big center centerpiece model: the dragon, the Manticore, <clears throat> Carl Franz on the Griffin, and, and same thing <laughs> with 40k back in the day. You know, you'd have a lot of infantry, and then you have like you know your one or two tanks, and that would be like yeah. a really cool thing, or maybe your demon prince for you know chaos space marines. Um, but now it's just big stuff everywhere i saw an age of sigmar game going on and it just looked ridiculous it was just a giant furball of miniatures in the middle and some of them were little scrappy dudes and there was a whole bunch of these just giant monstrosity fancy miniatures and i was like what is what is even happening here um well we'll get to why i'm not playing age of sigmar as well i think that's the the whole yeah. crux of our problem with the main core games uh anyway yeah so yeah what's your mini of the year Okay, well, I want to give an honorable mention, of course, to the uh, Flesh of Your Courts for Age of Sigmar. Uh, they just had some new releases coming out, and they look really great. And they've got some awesome uh, art just you know, tying everything together. But for my top miniature, which is going to be a unit, I actually went with the Wildercore Hunters for Warcry. I know this might surprise some people, because they're not the most fancy dynamic miniatures, but I think they have tons of uses both in Age of Sigmar, Warcry, uh, RPGs, anything like that. And these miniatures also are a great stand-in for the old uh, Witch Hunter models for Mordheim, which yeah. I think is really yeah. cool. Uh, they did the same thing with those uh, like novitiates for the uh, Adeptus Sororitas in Kill Team as well. They were great uh, Sisters of Sigmar stand-in miniatures. A little conversion instead of pistols, give them maces, boom, you got them. And I really like when they do this kind of stuff where they have these like multi-use kits, basically. Um, yeah. I'm also really excited for those Inquisitors coming out for uh, for Kill Team. I don't think they're out yet. Maybe they are. But yeah, some really great stuff. So that's going to be my top pick. Um, Inquisitors for Kill Team, you mean the... Oh, that box has already been, been and gone. Been and gone? Oh, I missed it. You know, the Inquisitorial <laughs> Warband yeah, versus yeah. Chaos Cultists. That's been out and been and gone. Oh, okay. uh, the next Kill Team release is uh, the new... Uh, Primaris Scouts and uh, versus Striking Scorpions. Striking Scorpions, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We're Striking finally Scorpions. Getting there. Eldari they, are finally getting there. They need they need the models. I'm not too excited about them, but you know, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. They, they're, they're what you expect, but I mean, they're what should have been out like 10 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, they were probably sitting, probably sitting there for 10 years too quite possible um i would say my like this i would say honorable mention to the escogan tree blades for warcry because they're vampires we've not really seen before and represent quite a 
different kind of design language for undead and in Warhammer in general because they're quite pseudo East Asian uh, in in their armor style. So I like that. Uh, they're also pretty good in the game. But I would say my my favorite minute, my favorite miniature uh, yeah. was one that got an honorable mention in the uh, in the actual survey is. The Harbinger of Decay, mm. which is a Age of Sigma model, which is basically a uh, it's a throwback to a miniature that I had for my Nurgle army back in the day in like sixth edition Warhammer. So it's just the dude on the emaciated horse with a scythe, and it's like it's just oh, yeah. to see it recreated in full plastic with yeah. the detail they're yeah. able to achieve now. It's fucking awesome. It's- one of the one of the spiciest miniatures they've ever done for uh warriors of chaos back in the day yeah it's one where he's uh on the decayed horse got the scythe pointing to who knows what pointing to your yeah. enemy general pointing for where the army needs to go i think there's a raven as well or a crow yeah. or something yeah. um yeah it's a, a little one. signpost to whichever city he's about to lay siege to yeah um yeah interesting chris that we answered all age of sigmar stuff here from interest of the year uh, yeah, yeah yeah i think that's where kind of like the more exciting designs are right now is age of sigmar Absolutely. and that's because there's a lot more to explore i mean we've had a lot this year like with other stuff like you know there's been some interesting necromunda models out but i mean uh you know true and, true there are and legions imperialis well pretty cool um, I don't think you can really give miniature of the year to because mm. they're individually, you know, it's just a little man on a base, a yeah. little man on a base. <clears throat> you know, some of those Titans, I say, could have been in the running for miniature of the year when they came out. Uh, when but of course, right out, now yeah. they're just uh, they're just you know repackaged basically. Yeah, it's um, yeah, a lot more creativity going on, um, and, and you know. One thing, I think I made this comment on the Discord, but you know, when a new 40k release comes out, it's like, oh, here's another Primaris Lieutenant. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, another one. For Age of Sigmar, it's like, oh, here's another vampire. They're probably got so many vampires, but they all look freaking cool. And, yeah. uh, you know, I guess they're selling as well, which is pretty rad. So well, Age of Sigmar is like creativity. Had, you know, the other thing this year, like, I can't remember which ones have come out, but you also look at the, the war bands that came out for either Warcry. Or you look at uh, war bands for um, underworlds, and they're just right. like you know, there's just so much like diversity and stuff, mm-hmm. and they're not trying to make go. Oh, this is it's not like Kill Team where they're like trying to go. Oh, here's this new unit for 40k, but we're gonna package it and sell it through this box set to do Kill yeah. Team. It's actually like you know, here's just this really characterful unit that. Mm-hmm in itself tells a story but then in age of sigmar is this cool you know elite unit that you have and then in Warcry is a, a group of bladeborn uh to hire so yeah age of sigmar is definitely more exciting um necromunda is kind of cool i mean i'm it's going to be arriving on my doorstep like next week is um the tauros for the uh, Palanite enforcers, so that's the the buggy kind of oh, yeah. armored vehicle. Yeah, the Elysian uh, drop troopers vehicle that they reused. Yeah, yep. so that's kind of fun. It's good to see that. Hopefully, I you know I would I would bet good money that 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 vehicle will get repackaged also with an alternate sprue for Imperial Guard. Hands down, I expect that to happen. 
it's it's likely it's likely um you know i could see it i could see it going to gene stealer cults too but again maybe it appears in both armies you know as part of the um the blood brother uh features so yeah yeah i could see that going either way um so what have you been playing uh i haven't played any war games since we last talked uh well no wait played 10th edition so did that um and also been playing like crusader kings 3 uh which is a, a pretty sweet video game where you try to uh conquer the medieval world or just you know manage your dynasty it's a pretty fun game and i've been painting lots of dark eldar getting that ready for an upcoming third edition game which will be uh happening real soon and um, so how are you painting Drakari? uh man so i've been going i've been kind of oscillating back and forth right now they're the obsidian rose faction uh which is they're like really good weaponsmiths or something listen the the cabal lore for dark eldar is pretty pretty lame to be honest it's not really detailed or very fleshed out there's some like good overall stuff for you know dark eldar themselves you know the the city of kamora and you know different like politics going on in there but the actual factions themselves are all pretty lame not anything that interesting so i was painting these guys already red as the obsidian rose red and black but i was thinking like oh maybe i wanted to be like the uh the uh inari and that whole faction that's that's kind of oh, sprung yeah, yeah. up you know the ones between the exodites the harlequins the craft worlds and the Drukari or dark eldar themselves and i started reading the lore for that and i was like eh, this could be a bit zestier so i'm gonna stick with the uh just the obsidian rose for now they're also red like the inari are and we'll see if i kind of expand that so is that kind of like a you've done like a have you done a black prime with a red spray over and just kind of leaving some of the shading in there and then just highlighting up yeah they're uh they're they're primarily black so i'm using uh right now i've been painting the infantry so it's been a lot of uh gesso actually i'm using and then i'm doing basically tons of edge highlighting and dry brushing mm-hmm. um so they'll be red and then they'll have once i get to it kind of like ivory guns which will look pretty cool cool yeah yep i would have i mean if i was doing that i would have done red prime dry brush up with a lighter red and then hit it with like a black contrast paint and then yeah i don't have to the, kind um, of glaze it and so forth to one? kind of smooth out the transition like Corax black is that the one mm. that's kind of the lighter black i've only got, I've uh, got so black much black Le- it's um black templar a contrast black that's right that's yeah. thinner than black legion black legion you'll go to when you go like i need to black something but i need it thin immediately uh that's like right. that's uh which leads me to my stuff um yeah so i've been playing some warcry i played first game of warcry that's going to be getting some people in to a campaign so i play the first game not really of part of that of a campaign but like the first game to kind of like as we established the gaming group at the local club. Um, cool. So I uh, introed someone to Warcry. Uh, and again, it's just like, you, you know, you play the first turn, they're just learning the rules. And then the second turn, you can see how it immediately clicks for them, how the, the, the system works and how the action economy and reaction, the the dice system of the doubles, triples, quadruples to activate abilities. Um, Yeah, it was really good. Um, It was a bit one-sided because I had, you know, it was basically we had to get off, get enough models off each other's board edge. Um, 
and the opponent had <laughs> had had um, Stormcast, who are fucking slow, and I right. had Cipher Lords, and I just did. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was trying to not do too much shenanigans initially, just kind of teach the game, and then I was like, okay. I think at this point I may as well just show you what's possible in the game and then just like triggered like teleportation shenanigans and just moved, you know, literally across half the board and then off and won the game that way. But yeah, really good fun. So it's about, I think there's going to be about 10 of us maybe. So oh, that's awesome. um, That's awesome. But Chris, I got got a question about that demo game. Aren't you, uh, you worked for Games Workshop for a while. Aren't you supposed to let the new player win? Well, that may be true if I was working at a store and being paid, um, but no, I was fine. drinking it. I was having a pint and playing a game, okay. so fuck it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes sometimes you learn by losing. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. So Warcry absolutely. is great. Um, I've got a little bit of terrain to paint up. Uh, uh, you know, the fountain for that's part of the original Warcry terrain series. That came right, out yeah. in one of the yeah. sprues for um, uh, whichever magazine supplement it was. So I'm going to put that together, paint that, and then it just basically means because because I've got so many terrain kits, I can take them all along and we can have a good campaign. And also, Warcry yeah. 2.0 ca- campaign system is much more developed. Like you can get serious injuries, and there's a lot more like items you can pick up. And one of the mm-hmm. cool features I really like about that I noticed in it is you don't gain ter- you don't gain territory like you do in say Necromunda. But what you're really trying to do is trying to upgrade your territory to gain one which allows you to have a greater points threshold for your entire warband and get certain uh, other benefits. Uh. So it's kind of like you're trying to move through the territories move through the landscape to find somewhere better to make camp. So that's kind of cool. Um, And then also in the latest white dwarf I was looking at, um, they've brought out the Warcry campaign rules for cities of Sigma, which also have free rules online for. So Uh. all the new cities Sigma models have rules already. So um, that cool ogre with the dude in the crow's nest with a, with a, you know, volley gun. That's got rules in Warcry. Okay, so right. that's all kind of cool. Warcry it's, is the is as we always say, Warcry is like the best Age of Sigmar game going right now. Yeah, definitely. It is. Uh, what's the setting right now? It was uh, like it's the, all uh, set in Girth. Yeah, yeah, it's all Realm of Beasts. Um, so it's all very much kind of like the last terrain kit they brought out was like the Sotek kind of stuff. Ah, okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's definitely a big difference than the original kind of, uh, you know, chaos uh, focus of it. So yeah. that's interesting, though. You know, it's definitely a lot more open. Uh, well, I think, the, it for, just uh, shows that if they campaign do, system. they do kind of a two point whatever version. They're clearly just going to do terrain kits that represent that world. So you know, if they did like Realm of Metal, that'd be kind of weird. Maybe get cool crystalline out, you know, mm-hmm. outcrops and stuff like that. Nice. I like it. I like it. So, Chris, what do you want to... Uh, what's what's the conceit for this episode? Oh, well, the conceit off? of this episode is that older games were f- clearly better, which we've already kind of like... We've already kind of jinxed that because we just said Warcry's yeah. fucking awesome. So, <laughs> what, we, what we really mean is were older editions of certain games better than their current incarnations? 
Yeah. And this comes back to our theory, our, <laughs> our, our theory, our, our whinging, our moaning, our grogginess about how current 40K is fucking hard to learn because, and I was talking to James about this because, you know, James, James yeah. who podcast with us, he's worked on like Magic the Gathering online. So he did a lot of the game design and how you get Magic the Gathering to work as an online card game. And it also reflects back to like when I've tried to get my partner into playing like um, uh, certain games like that, and it just doesn't gel with her because like you right. have you have to know what's not only on your cards but everything on on the other players' cards, and all what's on the cards break generally the core mechanic. You know, are exceptions right. Right. to the core mechanics of the game. Like you could reduce Magic the Gathering to a few basic rules and it would still be a game but if you compare first edition magic to where we are now there's so many exceptions to exceptions to exceptions it's like how do you yeah. play it how do you know everything so i feel 40k and age of sigma is a bit like that because what you see on a stat line is not everything and that's Correct. where it starts getting bogged down a lot quite often with the current editions um what you see on the stat line doesn't really matter that much no which is pretty crazy um yeah it, it, there's been there's been a proliferation of uh of special rules and you know i've heard people say this that are like 40k tournament players it's like a full-time job just keeping up with everything learning yeah. all those mechanics learning the rules and memorizing every single codex and all the different things checking up on reddit to figure out what uh the current meta is for a lot of people figuring out how to break the meta lists because you know if you go into like a swiss tournament a lot of people are just going to be net i guess net listing is what you call it these days for whatever yeah. the uh you know the flavor of the month is so just figuring out how to beat that but also you know having uh you know capabilities to go against um uh other armies as well it's 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 kind of ridiculous and not very conducive to the vast majority of Games Workshop's audience, basically. Um, and you've you've heard very, this a lot. It's not very like easily pick up because the thing that annoys me about it is that you go, here's the stat like, like if you build an army, you go, well, here's the stat line of your units, right? And they've got certain weapons, and those weapons have abilities associated with them. And I, I think they've unified a lot of that to a vast extent. So, like, a weapon will have a few traits, and that feels more like third edition 40k. And yep. we'll get to that in a moment. But okay. then a unit will have an ability associated with it, and that's same in Age of Sigma. And that ability will have its own unique name. But actually, the text on the for the ability, you're like thinking, is that really? that different from this other specifically named ability on this other unit in a different army? Is it really that different? And that's why I then reflect and think about how you build an army in in 40k and Age of Sigma. Because it's like, first of all, you, you choose your faction, you're going to build, you're going to pick units, they've all got special rules on their unit rost card. You've picked a chapter of oh, or equivalent fucking thing. So that's got special. Your your faction has some special rules, and you've got to pick one from a table of like three or four. And you're going to have to do the same when you pick a chapter. So that's one from a table of three or four abilities. And then you've got what stratagems, and some of those mm -hmm. are army specific. You're going to pick from a table of a few of those, etc. Then you've got psychic powers, and that's a unique table. You're going to yeah. pick one from for your psycho from a table of about six. 
And Age of Sigmar is essentially that same sort of build style. And it yeah. means what you've got on that list of profiles, which are easily understood and you and across any army. Plus, say it's got like you know, I know rapid fire, or it's got rend, or or not rend, but you know, a few other abilities that are like universal and therefore keyword. And then there's this glut of stuff, which is just like I don't it like you wouldn't know if your opponent was like, "What is that?" You'd be like, "Well, it's this," and they're like, "Okay." But is it really that distinct to be uniquely named that way? I don't know. And that's that's where my problem is with 40k and Age of Sigma right now. There's so many extras to the core set of stat lines. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get any argument from me. Um, I'll say that 10th edition has definitely slimmed things down a bit. You know, mm. like a, uh, oh, let's say like a 25% reduction in special rules just because of universal things and some some general similarities used between armies but uh yeah there's still just a lot going on now having played uh 10th edition finally and gotten into it a little bit i think the core system for 10th is pretty good you know i think Battleshock really has uh <clears throat> made things a lot more interesting than just you know the extra model removal yeah uh, after combat and uh there's like some pretty good just general interactions on the battlefield um and activations however again because of that proliferation of special rules it makes it really tough to just know everything that's going on so i think if you play 10th edition at lower points levels it's actually still a pretty good game i haven't played um combat patrol yet but that might also be pretty rad um you know, just because it's uh, a smaller number of units. The other thing I'll say is that, you know, because they they decreased the size of the battlefield, you know, using the general mats and measurements, it yeah. makes high points values ridiculous. I was mentioning that giant furball in Age of Sigmar yeah. game. Uh, you know, if you're going and you're playing with Bane Blades and Stormlords uh, at any points level, it just looks ridiculous. You know, you have this tank that takes up, you know, one sixteenth of the battlefield just sitting right there. <laughs> it can't really maneuver, you know, the terrain blocks yeah. it. And, you know, if you do have wide open corridors for it to maneuver, um, that's a huge disadvantage for the opponents. So not gonna allow that to happen. Uh there's there's some weird things going on with uh with 40k right now. And I understand why they've been making some of these changes. You know, if you look at the how the rules are set up now with um, you know, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Uh, it feels a lot like a sports game where you're scoring points, point, <laughs> scoring points every round, um, basically seeing like, how can I kind of catch up? How can I take a lead? Yeah. And having those yeah. interactions, which is very good, actually, from a, a, you know, a viewing standpoint. I think they are really trying to kind of sportsify uh, 40K mm. a little bit. Uh, I, I think that is one of the end goals. Hasn't been successful? Well, yes and no. You know, we don't really have like ESPN or whatever the equivalent is in the UK following uh, 40K tournaments. But you can see on YouTube, there's a lot of people that like to watch battle reports um, and follow that. And there can be a lot of excitement with how the interactions go from round to round. The other thing I want to point out, <clears throat> I think it's very interesting what you brought up about the comparison to Magic Gathering, Chris, because uh, I think that a lot of the inspiration they took with the the especially ninth edition strategy mechanics but also 10th edition um and the other unit interactions was the kind of collectible card game combo system yeah. where you're trying to get all of your cards aligned get them all in your hand and then you're like bing bang boom look at this crazy effect i just had and i win the game um 
of course, you know, as they're announcing the 10th edition, they're trying to reduce that a little bit because it feels ridiculous when you have a, a unit of Grotz all get these special power-up stratagems and other abilities and then take out Terminators. That just doesn't feel yeah. right. Um, and I will say that it seems like that has been reduced a little bit with 10th edition. But, you know, there it's kind of a um, a series of half measures, I'd say. It's like the and... game's police coming after you because you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. dumping on 10th. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry i guess you heard that in the background yeah um no nah, they can't they can't catch me uh they can't, they can't take me alive you, no. so i'm i mean i feel like there's there's a way to play 10th that is pretty rad and i think that's at lower points values yeah i haven't played it higher or much higher yet i don't think i will but if i do i'll probably come back on and you know give you some other reviews but uh, I that's, do, that's just how i feel right now i do want to play some uh what was it? Um, combat Patrol, because I've got uh, two models to paint for my Necrons to make it a Combat Patrol. Uh, and I've got my okay. Sisters and Tyranids. Um, my Marines are definitely not Combat Patrol, because I would need to have like everything that came in that Combat Patrol. Basically, I've got the old-style Combat Patrol. Um, right. But, I mean, it's interesting, the Combat Patrols, because they they reduce things, they, they slim the rules down even further because you don't have as many of those options and stuff has like even less special rules on them. So you're you're basically back down to the almost you're back to the raw stat line of of each unit and very little yeah. else, which yeah. is which is good. Um and and you know I've yet to play fourth edition of War Machine, but you know War Machine hasn't changed that much between editions. It really hasn't. If anything, they've gone down the route. The, the main thing they've done as they've gone, you know, as they've moved along is is they've changed essentially how they deal with template weapons. In other words, mm -hmm. they don't exist in the same way. They're a bit more like how 40k deals with them. And they've also made how you move units more rapid. So you get less of that like take you know that kind of weird shit you get in tournaments with with it where they're but kind of like yeah, nudging around and yeah you're finding like that one little and they got rid of face they got rid of facings as well in, in yeah. war machine that's, just to again to slim it down and speed up movement so it's less finickety but the point yeah. is is that when you look at war machine the there's a there's a again there's a unified set of of abilities on weapons and things so that means if you read a if a spell has a name it's actually going to be the same name no matter which person's using it because it's the same fucking rule and it will be verbatim the same rule and that's so it means there's a lot less like gotchas in in that game i feel because you you're reading from the same script as it were yeah. and the only place where you get the weird kind of unique turn up is with um is with the warcasters and their uh their feats which should feel unique but again when you read sure, the rules it's sure. it's only it, they only really manipulate what the core rules do which is like you know everyone gets plus 3 armor in your in your army in control in control range fine that's that operates with the rules whereas i always feel like 40k is like you read the you read the rules and it's doing something really weird, like the Eldar, you know, the Eldari pool of dice used to to exchange on a dice oh, roll, yeah, or yeah. or um, ridiculous the, the... numbers of re rolls, or 
Mm. You've got mm. the is it the sisters have got their faith points that you use in some you build up faith points as things die and then you use those on things. Yeah. Everything's yeah. Everything's quite everything across the entire army is really unique. And I just on top of everything else, that is also a unique table to select from. And you just don't have that in War Machine. It's it's yeah, it's it's interesting about how how you restrict yourself in game design and or don't and how you work within that 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 outline that you've put in place right right. you know i think that's an interesting thing to put up to bring up because let's let's use another games workshop example uh which would be warhammer fantasy battles sixth edition and seventh edition yeah Um, generally more seventh edition wherein most armies worked off of the same concepts they yeah. would be rank-and-file infantry moving around, wheeling, and trying to get in there. There were a couple of armies that broke those core mechanics due to their special rules. Um, those being Bretonians with their lance formation, which was sure. incredibly powerful. A lot of people liked playing them because they were so OP. Uh, then you had the Wood Elves and the Beastmen, who were very skirmish-focused Skirmish, yeah. and also had the uh, the ambushing. Wood Elves pretty good, Um mostly because of, you know, being under-costed in some cases. Beastmen, Beast Chaos, didn't do so well, um, mostly because they were over-costed, and the assumption of their ambush mechanic didn't really work. So and we, we have can, this game... And we could add mm-hmm. enough one into that. We'll add one more that kind of slightly broke the rules of that, is uh, Tomb Kings. I was about to say, yeah, you're right. Because yep. they, they just they essentially just broke the, the 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 norm of how the magic system worked because they basically took what was quite a um, swingy swingy kind of like right. magic system right. and made it very robust and predictable. But that was yeah. quite a feature. Yeah, yeah, and they also broke psychology a little bit as well. Oh yeah, uh, every undead army breaks psychology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, but my core conceit was that. Now, it's a good point you brought up the Camry as well, because they're kind of a different thing. But with those those other three armies in particular, they they were special cases that broke the core mechanics of the game. And because of that, they were either too powerful or not powerful enough. With 40k and the way that some of these core mechanics work, it feels like every single faction breaks the game, yeah. which can be part of the fun, right? You know, things are really unbalanced. Who knows it's going to happen? Every army is incredibly unique, but it makes balancing it, especially for a competitive scene, nigh impossible um they're trying you know they have their meta watch and all that kind of stuff but um you know for making this a sort of competitive tournament game espn that sort of thing it's it's going to be really tough it's going to be really tough so does this bring us to the the core conceit of why 40k third edition and perhaps why you know your your theory which you'll get to is about the simplicity and the kind of paired backness of the games is what kind of made them easy to play and easy to learn and also keep on top of. Yeah, I mean, I can't really sit here with a straight face and tell you that Warhammer 30, 40k 3rd edition was the best game system ever. I no. mean, it's clearly not. It, it, it's got a lot of problems, and I'll definitely bring up some of those. But from an accessibility standpoint, I think it's really good. And there's a reason why when it came out in 1998, Games Workshop exploded. You know, they had so many new players coming in, a lot of excitement, a lot of growth, a lot of new uh, armies coming out as well. And I think that all kind of plays into that kind of simplicity and accessibility of 
40k third edition so i've been playing a bunch of games lately um we've been using my imperial guard and uh, chaos space marines for that wow and we've been using the army lists for the first few games um from the back of the book yeah from the back of the book which uh if you remember from third edition are really slimmed down very few special rules you know you look at space marines they're basically just a stat line no other yeah. special rules. I think they might have, and they shall know no fear as a universal special rule. Uh, Chaos Space Marines, I don't think they have any special rules. They didn't they have, they didn't have that. You, yeah. you basically, Chaos Space Marines differed from regular Space Marines by being cheaper, uh, I think. Um, I think they're the same price. I think they're 15 points. They just get Leadership 9, as opposed to Space oh, Marines yeah. get Leadership 8, but they shall know no fear. So they, they just mm. basically fall back and then automatically rally But yeah, in but a way that... Uh, the difference between because you said it was Imperial Guard mm-hmm. versus Chaos Space Marines, like the difference, the literal difference between those units is on the profiles and and the profiles of the weapons they're using. Like, right. you know, one is toughness three, one is toughness four, one is strength three, one is strength four. They move at the same rate because forty k third edition was movement six, flat That's movement it. six. Um, <laughs> you know, other than difference in number of attacks, they had one each. Uh, leadership, as you say, is like what nine versus, I guess, a seven on Imperial Guard. Yeah, yeah, standard yeah. seven. Yep. And then what else is there? Like their weapon profile. What? What? It's going to be twenty-four inches rapid fire. One is strength three flashlight. The other one is strength <laughs> four. With did we even have AP on that? A- even AP five, right? So back in third edition, oh, there yeah. was your straight armor save if they had armor penetration equal to or beating your armor save you just didn't get a save if they didn't have that then you got your full save there was no so if your ap was it. so if your ap was five it would negate anything of armor six down to five yes yeah that's right okay yeah, it's all coming yeah. back it's all coming back it's all I coming know, back i know yeah this is uh, uh we start with storage, second edition man. right yeah you start with second um, edition correct i like that's a huge this is like you have to think this is a huge change coming from second edition 40k with how that combat system worked with the roll x number of dice and you're looking for the number of difference in the value the top value in the parries and and then the dearth of fucking items that were in dark millennium and then there's like how tyranids worked which was like madness when they came out and i Mm. know that because that was my army like 40k third edition was such a great was a great reset um uh it was but the thing that was shit, and I'll say this was shit at the time, and it was hard, it was tough, it was fucking tough to stomach with a Turinid army, was I was as slow as everyone else, and that pissed me off a lot. Yeah, because they could just uh, they could just walk backwards shooting you until they got yeah, to the back of the board. But it meant I actually played my Turinid army for once, like a true swarm army, because I would just be like... Well, fuck it. You can shoot me as what as much as you like. You're gonna get through all these, you know, hormigans. Uh, get through all the hormigans, or you get through all the termigans. Then you might get through all the 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 gene stealers, and then there's the turned warriors. Then there's the hive tyrant. It was like a true, you know, zerg swarm attack. While the biovore is just spitting over, um, you know, the uh, the um, whatever the fuck they're called, spore mines. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and then you have like the carnifex running forward it actually forced that army worked exactly as i expected and then they brought out you know they started doing the codexes updates which kind of addressed some of the missing kind of things that felt a bit off in the armies 
Sometimes, yeah. So third edition had a really strange release schedule where the core game came out and then they started pumping out codexes like I think it was one every month or two. So you got yeah. bam, Space Marines, boom, Orcs, Chaos, Imperial Guard, yada, yada. And then it kind of slowed down. Uh, and then they took a while for the other ones. So Tyranids didn't come out until I think like 2001. It was like oh, three was years so after. St- they were super slim codex as well. Yeah, the like original it. ones. Yeah, they got a bit thicker towards the end. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that's when Tyranids came out. And that's when they finally got Fleet of Claw, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So they could roll. You could not shoot, roll an extra D6, move extra. We house rolled that. We house rolled that. Oh, okay. just got an extra D6 of that because it was just stupid. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> but um, yeah, the codexes started coming out. Then they started revising some of the codexes, like Imperial Guard got a new one. Chaos Space Marines got a new one, which was a lot more flavorful and also very broken. Dark Eldar <laughs> needed to get a second edition because their codex didn't work. And, uh, you know, classic stuff like that. So, um, but the reason why <clears throat> I decided to use the army lists in the back of the rule book is because they were so simplified and very easy for, for people to learn. And in third edition came with this uh, little two-sided quick re- quick reference rule sheet yeah rules card and that told you 90 percent of the rules you need to know for the game exactly it made yeah. it, it makes it so easy for people to learn just hand it to them they read through they see the kind of flow chart of how things work bing bang boom they know how to play the entire game by, it, by it's let's say basically turn one it's it's one page rules it's basically one page rules yeah. uh, approach yeah absolutely um <clears throat> now the game has a lot of limitations um you know if you're just playing a, a pickup game like you would in the store back in 1998, uh, your army either stands and shoots or you move forward into close combat. There's no real, yeah. not as much maneuver and shooting for a pitched battle. That's why you actually really need objectives um, yeah. and and special missions, which I never really played back in the day. And I think that was why I had issues with third edition when I was when I was younger and becoming more experienced in wargaming. But in playing them now, a lot of these are really cool. Like there's an awesome breakout mission where one force is trying to escape to the other side of the board they're going long i think going long ways across and then the defenders are literally defending like a static line so they get bombarded turn zero bombarded by artillery attacker starts to move forward and then defender gets reinforcements from basically the side the attacker is trying to escape across that's so cool like that is a really epic game right there and uh just makes things spicy but you can also use other things just with like battling over particular objectives collecting points each turn um just to make things a lot more interesting and there's even uh, this is crazy there's a crusade style campaign system in it where like your guys can get special rules as they get more experience if you're playing a campaign which i didn't even realize was in there i I completely forgot about it yeah no one talks about it so there's, there's a lot going on there's a lot going on, um, <clears throat> but there's also a bunch of issues, you know, just to um, just to wrap up, I think, a lot of the third edition discussion. If you read Close Combat as written, there is no pylon. Yeah. Unless you there's a tie for number of wounds and neither side breaks. That's the only time the rules say you can actually have a pylon of like six inches. So that means reading as written. Um, you know, technically, you could have a situation where one Grot and a Space Marine are fighting, and the rest of their squads just stand there watching until <laughs> yeah. somebody's dead. Now, it's so weird to read that and realize this now because you know I learned the game while well, I was taught by a friend, right? And I think they learned how to play in a, in a Games Workshop store, so they were just taught how to basically do piling, even though it wasn't part of the rules. 
because the staffers were just like, oh, yeah, this is just how you play. It's fine. And I think everyone like f- kind of just just, you know, it's like a Bernstein Bears situation where everyone thinks yeah. that's a rule and just assumes it's the case and plays like that. But it never actually was. Um, I think also they fixed it in a white dwarf eventually later. But yeah. it, it's it's just wild how in those days, the way you played was just kind of how you were taught, not what the rules necessarily said. Well, um, it just shows that like fun. 40K, you know, 40K second edition. Like, could you imagine playing tournament games with that rule set? Like, are you fucking... Oh my gosh, you it would take real? forever. And third edition, likewise, it is quite clear, you know, it wasn't designed to be a game for tournaments. It's designed to be uh, a starting point for narrative games. Like, you know, it was so, it was bare bones that you go, right, I'm going to play fucking, I don't know, play Eldari of Samheim. So you're going to be like, what, you, 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 you're going to go, well, you know, the rules as they are in the back of the book don't really kind of feel right for that kind of thing mm-hmm. so you'd be again agree with the opponent oh we'll do this and you'd be like yeah sure fine yeah and it's that bare bones nature or at least that bare bones with a very common kind of script for how the game works and therefore how you can manipulate it to give flavor or or differentiate things i think is was core and it still showed because like fourth edition 40k i think was quite good mm. and it wasn't that it, it was a refinement of third edition and that's yep. pretty much like fifth is what is i think fifth edition was the last one i played before yeah, I, fifth is like, I think fifth is the uh, ultimate refinement of this this yeah. core thing and then sixth and seventh tried to do a lot of tinkering and that's where things got a little messy i think that's the and i think that's what we're still suffering from I, th- I think we're still suffering from those editions mm. personally mm. um or at least we're suffering from their attempts to try and correct those by adding in other things and i I don't know um but yeah you've got some other theories of how this fits into (laughs) other games yeah 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 so this has been kind of an experiment i've been doing because i've had this theory for a long time that there's i call it the reset theory and uh a lot of warhammer editions come out with these slimmed down army lists uh, they came out with Warhammer Fantasy 6th edition, Warhammer Fantasy 4th edition, um, 3rd edition 40k. 1st <laughs> edition Age of Sigma. <laughs> uh, yep. 8th edition, 8th edition Warhammer 40k uh, yeah. as well. And <clears throat> my theory is that some of the best gaming you could get with Warhammer is taking these really simplified lists where they try to balance the points based off of what's actually in the character pro- or in the, uh, the unit profile and play that with a a cleaned up rule set so play fourth edition 40k using the third edition simplified army lists basically the same system cleaned up has pile in for close combat and stuff um but you're playing with these simplified army lists which are a bit more balanced uh i can tell you that this works for warhammer fantasy seventh edition using the sixth edition ravening hordes simplified army lists where everything's just really you know, organized for points, you know, balanced. And also it, uh, uh, you know, everything's working off those core mechanics. You'll know, have that issue with like the Bretonian Knights or the Wood Elves uh, with those simplified army lists. I've not tried this for Warhammer 40,000 ninth edition using the eighth edition soft cover indexes that they came out with as like kind of like quick yeah. simplified lists for that edition. Um, I, I'm not sure if that would work. I think it might. 
because I don't think it has as many special rules and as much of the uh, stratagem creep, which is what really affected ninth edition. Um, and then, of course, now with Warhammer 40,000 10th edition, we got those index cards and the index lists. Do you think that might be great for when 11th edition comes comes out? I, I, think, those those, index lists? I think those in the 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 travesty <laughs> is those index cards were like literally a blink, and they were out. They were literally out. They were almost out of date the moment you bought them. Yep. For Space Marines they, and Turnheads, uh, definitely, yeah. They definitely were. And, I mean, this comes back to the stupidness of the fact, like, even the Turnhead Codex. Like, there's rules in Codexes that seem, that are already out of date because they also changed the core rules two months, two or three months into 40k to do with how, like, um, oh, what was it? Like, devastating wounds. Or right. Again, yeah. it just, yeah. like, that literally just says to you, why should I bother learning the core rules if they're going to change them so quickly? Whereas, like, yeah, going back to 40k 3rd edition, just lived with that rule book for quite a few months before even a codex came yep. out. Yep. And then the codexes, you know, those first ones coming out were, were pretty much just a refinement of the back-of-the-book army lists. They had yeah. a few extra special rules, some there clarifications. There were so bare bones. Yeah, weapons didn't change. Weapons were exactly the same. Doesn't this feed back into what we've always been saying? It's like, well, if they're so bare bones, like if you keep it that kind of cl- that that clarity that that focused element of it that fits into the whole digital approach to doing you know mm. apps army lists whatever or just making the rules free and then everything else is fluff and you know you you can sell that or you can do campaign books that have that army information in it and then scenarios and so forth it just seems like yeah codexes just seem like pointless <laughs> like they're literally out of date yeah so quickly. yeah last last roll of fire i think brendan was on talking about how everything should just be on an app and honestly might be the case it might be a little tough to reference sometimes when you're scrolling through yeah. but um that that might be the the way of the future and i mean this comes back again we talk about Warcry. like literally the person i was showing the game the first thing he was trying to grasp was what was on the cards of his fighters which is not much information Right, and then the special abilities on that other card, and then it all clicks, and you see how it works. You're just like, "Aha! That's my army. That's its playstyle done." I don't get that with 40k and Age Sigma right now. I do not get that. Of course, we can go, we can flip the complete fucking opposite direction on this, and we always point to Necromunda. Necromunda is the the complete opposite of this because even if you've even if you're playing someone that is the same gang. It doesn't matter because you're drawing from such a huge... Every gang can buy any insane weapon out there and hire whichever, you know, special character or hide gun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, game balance means nothing because it's about the narrative of the fact that you've just been able to throw a vortex grenade in a game of Necromunda. Like, that's true. That's true. Dope. Yeah. So who the fuck cares? Um, and that's because it's basically a roleplay game. Yep. Um, what if you played 40k 10th edition, but just ignored special rules? Would that? Uh, I mean, I know it would break everything in the opinion of some people. I think but I would. Play I think it'd be pretty it, approachable. I, I would play it and ignore. Um, I think you could play 40k 10th edition and ignore all of the. I think throw out all of the army stratagems. Throw sure, out yeah. all the army specific psychic power. Just, just play what was on those index cards that first came out. And you know, allow the fix that happened for devastating wounds or whatever the fuck, you know, and just play with that. I'm sure that would be fine. Still a lot of special rules though. I don't know. 
I don't know. Anyway, I guess I'm just a grognard. But uh, I will tell you, coming up in a in a week, two weeks, uh, I'm gonna be playing a three way game, a third edition, Sisters of Battle versus Chaos Space Marines versus Dark Eldar. Wow. It's gonna be epic. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely take some photos, keep people in the loop, checking out the Discord. And speaking of epic, Chris, you want to talk about something? Yes, and it's the choice of a new generation. Oh, let's talk about tiny. epic because I mean, this is this fits into um, you know our theme of you know were the old games better than the new ones or at least old editions right yeah. okay so it leaves imperialis i've not yet played a game but i've spent my christmas reading the rule book which is not that big it's not that big a rule book which is kind of what Ooh. i'm looking at leviathan um yeah how long how long's the rule book it's about the same size and it's, it's actually it's interesting because i i bet it's because the the number of the number of um the core rules isn't that long it's the the list of the the special weapon rules and and traits right, but those yeah. but those are but those are shared by all the they're all essentially they're that there's that many because all armies use them they they pull from the same pool of rules so this is about us again saying that everything sings from the same from the same you know script but it's about what bits you pull and how you mix them together to give the unique flavor. So yeah, putting together the minis, uh, fiddly is one way of putting it. Um, fiddly is another way of putting it. Uh, yeah, they're <laughs> fucking small. They're still yeah. fucking small. They're eight millimeter, but they're still fucking small. Uh, the fact that devastator Marines, um, were two pieces was, um, annoying really? as fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's not great. So I'm guessing the, the heavy weapon was a... Uh, yeah, piece. Dreadnoughts yeah. were one, two, three, four, five pieces. So two arms, two legs, uh, a body, and the back of the body. Mm. Um, the basing, you know, I did a thing of where I, I glued two or three troopers onto a base. I textured around them and then glued on the other two and textured around them. So that way I wasn't having to, like, you know, dab... Uh, texture paint in between models and fucking them up along the way. So uh, that's my advice. Um, tanks have options for magnets. They will fit magnets in some of the cases. So that means magnetization is built in. So that's always good. Uh, but then, you know, so the models are cool. Uh, could they be better? Possibly. I know there's been a lot of hoo-ha about, oh, look, they, they, there's this big bit of plastic between a weapon and the guy's shoulder. That's not very cool. It's like, do you give a fuck at that scale? I do not give a fuck. <laughs> so and i know there's like what is it there's various 3d printed this and that and there's like you know uh mantic is putting out warpath which i think is like 10 10 millimeter scale sci-fi for their setting and it's like yeah so well this is eight millimeter they've taken a decision that means they can do you know injection molding and that's injection molding means high pressure and it's going in and out quickly that means things can't tear so you make these so i don't care it doesn't matter um the fact i've got all my aeronautica stuff already painted up for space marines means i have uh my army is basically three detachments one of tanks one a demi company which is basically like troops and a few tanks uh and then the other one is an aerial assault company which is some troops in aircraft and some more aircraft, uh, and that will be my fast attack, going in, taking objective, launching assault troopers, and then, you know, my tanks and uh, main company, you know, supporting them 
so that's the place I'm going for. I'm playing Blood Angels. It's all painted up like that. So that gives me a bonus. But ultimately, the rules, right? right. What are the rules? We've said this, you know, we've always said, I like, I do like Epic 40K. It, it has a flavor to it. It has a simplicity to it, which we've, we've been talking about third edition 40K. I think Epic 40K also brought that simplicity to games. So what are we dealing with in Legion's Imperialis? It's basically Epic Space Ring second edition. And I bought a copy of Epic Space Ring second edition recently and I've sold it on because Legion's Imperialis finally released. And I was like, oh, okay, fuck mm. it. So, but when you compare the rule systems, they're basically the same. The okay. core rules are the same with some finesse. So we still have the order system where you secretly place orders for your troops. They're either going to advance, they're either going to march or charge or first fire or whatever. And you place that secretly, then you reveal them. So you've got that fog of war, which is always cool. We You kind of had that in um, Epic 40k as well. Then, unlike pre-Epic Space Marine 1st and 2nd edition, when you make your movement, that is now alternating activation. So you move a detachment. So that would be, say, four stands of Space Marines or two tanks or three aircraft that are part of a detachment. And then your opponent does the same. So that adds a kind of responsiveness because when you consider that you're going to have, if you move stuff, you're working out where things are pla being placed and you're going to move them with respect to the fact that certain units are also going to charge. So they're going to move a bit further or they're going to march and move a lot further or they're going to first fire. So you don't want to get too close to the ones that are going to get to shoot before the rest of your stuff gets to shoot. So that makes movement interesting, uh, especially with taking objectives. Then the rest of the turn sequence is basically Epic Space Marine 2nd Edition. So uh, anything with orders of first fire, alternating activation again with the person who has initiative choosing. One unit, one detachment gets to do it shooting. The other one gets to do it shooting. First fire units haven't, have basically sacrificed movement in order to shoot early. Then you've got combat. You pair off models to fight. Uh, you roll 2d6 plus combat factor versus their 2d6 plus combat factor. Whoever's got the highest wins. Uh, there are no saving throws in close combat unless I think um, invulnerable saves count. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Hmm. But there are no saving throws, which is cool, because combat is vicious. Yeah, it speeds it up too. That's good. Uh, but comparatively in shooting, and I compare this to second edition Space Marine, uh, you, a lot more stuff has saving throws, and therefore there's a lot more nuance in weapons. So back in the day, your weapons, your guns, have a range, a number of dice, what you need to roll to hit, and then your opponents need to would have made saves if they could. Now, your opponents have saving throws more often, but that means weapons have greater variety in armor penetration. So in other words, do you get a save or not? And that modifies the saves. Where the the fun now comes in, and that this never existed in Epic uh, Space Marine, is weapon type. So on a Space Marine, bolt guns are light, which basically means they're going to hurt other marines, they're going to hurt other troopers, but when they fire against a tank, they don't have an armor penetration. And against titans and super heavy tanks, you can't even score wounds with them. They just bounce off. So that's cool. Yeah, makes sense. Light light AT weapons, so this is like your devastator marines, they have uh they can harm tanks, they could harm uh 
Titans, but the AP immediately drops to zero. So they can harm, but they can't get through the armor. So that's cool. Then you have uh, anti-tank weapons, which are kind of the reverse. They they get bonuses against tank, but against troops, they I think they lose their AP. Uh, don't quote me on this. I've got to read the rules. But essentially, the whole point about all of this is that weapons on on more pow- on bigger things have a harder time. Like if they're very good at wiping out another titan or wiping out a bane blade, they have a hard time wiping out units of troops because they're more right. dispersed. You know, yep. you're trying to fire a las cannon at a single guy is very different to you firing a barrage of missiles at a unit of troops. That's kind of where the balance. Is. So this all yeah. works together to mean that you know certain troops are going to against certain troops. Certain troops are actually okay against tanks. Some tanks are okay against troops. Some tanks are better against tanks. Some tanks are okay against, you know, knights or titans. And likewise, certain knights are better against titans. Certain titans are only good against other titans or only good against troops. So, Yeah, go on. So, Chris, does this kind of, like, uh, create sort of like a, I want to say a rock, paper, scissors um, situation, but a situation where certain units have advantages against others but have weaknesses yeah. to particular because that's something that they always really strive for let's say in napoleonic war games is yes. something that rock paper scissors between artillery cavalry and infantry yeah it's 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 very much that and that's why it reinforces the fact you need like combined arms because certain units troops uh, troops especially you know they can they can occupy buildings that's going to increase their they're going to be harder to hit they're going to be harder to kill they're going to get a bonus in combat they're going to be able to claim objectives titans i think in the game can't really claim objectives it's harder for certain things to claim objectives compared to other things yeah Yeah. so again you can't just win using a certain type of tactic with a certain type of troop you've got to use the whole you know plethora available for you and then you've got flyers which obviously add the speed of deploying troops uh they add the fact that they move onto the board do their shooting and then move off at the end of the turn so they're not permanent fixtures so you, you they're very dynamic in that respect again certain weapons shooting at flyers will only hit on a six because they're fucking hard to hit but other weapons are very good anti-aircraft so there's all of these things and again all these weapons their traits come from the the common pool of traits and i think this is because you know impairing the game back because it is just marines and solar auxilia versus marines and solar auxilia we've got a very tight set of profiles and rules to distinguish each other but i still think that that provides a framework for if we do in future get them because we have the models for their flyers for orcs and eldari so Mm, yeah you know because like you could see how orcs might differ in like psychology they're going to be cheaper but there's going to be more of them eldari are going to be faster they'll have a lot more skimmers uh uh, they might have you know more anti-tank weapons things like that they could they could yeah I, I wonder, you know, there's been huge gripes about um, this being just Horus Heresy and, only. Yeah. And yeah, just Marines, just Imperial Guard, basically, and not having any of the uh, Xenos races, Xenos species. Um, 
I'm I'm wondering. It sounds like based on what you were saying about the uh, the weapons profiles that you can't easily just port the old Epic se- Second Edition army lists in because they won't have the entire profile. Yeah, I would say yes and no. I think mm. you could with a little bit of work. Like I think you could port some of it in, and you would then have to reassess like what is the armor save of this unit in this new okay. system. You'd be like, okay, they're Eldari Guardian. Well, they're gonna be. As good as Imperial Guardsmen, maybe a bit better. Their weapons, definitely shorter range, but they're likely to have a better AP because they're shuriken cannons. They might have more dice because they're shuriken cannons. Things like that. Um, So, you know, like, so I think you could do it. And I think given that there's a whole list of of, um, traits already, you could mostly accommodate most things up front. And I think then you okay. just have to work out the points values. Where the 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 things get a bit more different to again to second edition, we don't have um detachment cards like the old edition, like second edition. So detachment cards, oh, I fucking hated them because it meant when you bought a bot of troop, um it didn't actually immediately satisfy detachment cards to build certain, you know, groupings of your fighters. Right. So now the way you build your formations is more like epic 40,000 as you go like well you need to have a HQ you're going to need to have some core troop and then you can you can then purchase some options that may have some limitations on how many of how many of them you take depending upon the formation that you're building. So that I think is where epic 40k still lives on in in how you build your army and then the the things that were still that aren't there is we don't have blast markers like epic 40k i kind of miss that kind of more of a classic psychology rules titans are nowhere near as complicated as they are in adeptus titanicus that differentiates those two games uh completely we don't have the weird up down left right targeting dice that you would get against titans that you had in previous editions of epic we're fucking stupid uh i really hated those um and I would say ultimately, compared to Epic Second Edition, I had a look at like um, a picture of like an army in Epic Second Edition, like battle report. And so I would say you've got a th- for an equivalent number of points, you've got a third or so less models. Um, so, but I think that reflects the fact the models are more you know in their profiles are a bit more unique. And so that's my kind of first impressions of Epic. I'm quite excited about it because I've bought some extra terrain. I've got, you know, the um, Imperial Civitas Spires. They're they're really modular, and so they're kind of like church spires yeah. to put on top of your buildings. Yep. So my terrain collection is now, for Epic, is now huge. It's now huge for Adeptus Titanicus, awesome. let awesome. alone um, Epic. So I'm really excited to play some. And I've got a 3,000-point army because I have um, my... I, I have what I had out of the box game of legions imperialis i bought another box of marines i had a thunhawk gunship and xiphon fighters and storm hawks for aeronautica i had a box of fire raptors i hadn't even put together so they're the ones they're the they're the tiny thunderhawks that have um guns on the side um hmm. so and then to top it all off i just need to add like a thousand points worth of titans or knights on top of it um and that's my army so i'm quite it's it's quite the 
it's literally everything. It's from the smallest scale to the biggest scale of what you can take in Epic. So that should be a lot of fun to, to play. But I'm quite yeah. excited just to play like smaller game initially, like you know, a thousand five hundred, because I think the yeah, game supports be- it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm just looking through uh, a couple of images of old second edition Epic um, armies, and yeah, they seem like they were probably a little bit bigger than the uh, the current the Horus Heresy ones. That's kind of interesting, Legion Imperialis. Um, I'm wondering about the um, uh, the terrain because isn't it? It's kind of like destructible. You can assemble it as yes, ruined yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah, you can play Are you gonna, as, like you... magnetize them or. Anything you like can that. play. You can play. It's destructible. So I think I will get eventually. Um, I will get a set of of the the, the ruins that they do now, and mm-hmm. I will have a look at my buildings, and I will make some you know ruin markers for where those buildings were. So literally, just you know, draw out a template of the size of that building, and then just put some, you know use some you know sprue whatever the fuck to make rubble and then texture it and then yeah sure that's done um yeah so i think it's cool i have some uh, uh, i my opinion my opinion is mm-hmm. i think the core game the box game could have been better and here's my <laughs> yeah. here's my here's my uh my view of what they could have done so in the core game you get uh, a box of space marines and a box of well a box and a half of of tanks like you get a sprue of kratos and you get a sprue of predators right and they're gonna do like whatever box which will give you two sprues of whatever right and then you've got kind of then the same with the solar exilia you've got a sprue of troops a sprue of lima russ and a sprue of uh what are they malkadors and then you've got two warhound titan i'm like and then you've got hardback book i'm like Really? Do we really need Titans straight away to learn this game? Like, yeah. So I can kind of see they're trying to like give that kind of old school epic space marine feel. With you get the Marines, you get land raiders, you get rhinos, and you get buildings, and you get Titans. But like, let's pair this back a bit. Like, do we need a big thick rule book in there after what we've what we've been saying about the rules? No. How about having a slim rule book that just gives you exactly the rules for what's in there? Yeah? Because mm-hmm. printed paper is expensive and a hardback rule book is heavy. And then if you take that out, you take out the Titans, put in some extra troops and some some tanks. Because there aren't that many sprues in the box. I'm gonna be perfectly fucking honest, yeah. right? And no terrain, And then put some right? buildings in. Put some buildings yeah. in. Or even, oh, fuck it, put in some knights, put in two sprues of knights, put in two sprues of knights, two sprues of marines, some tanks, two sprues of solar auxilia and some tanks. Now that, that seems more fun. And that's more bang for your buck. Because guess what? If you were the type of, if you're if you're the type of person that goes, I want to collect marine army. And your mate's like, I want to collect space marines. And you both buy that box and split it each way. Or you're the type of person that goes, I'm going to buy two boxes anyway. Now it's a bit more useful because four Warhound Titans is a lot of Titan, and you don't need that amount of Titan in in Epic in in Legions Imperialis. So I just think they could have done it a bit better, and then sold the the rule book separately. Yep. Yeah, I. Uh, but that's just my opinion, man. That's just my opinion. No, I think it's a I think it's a pretty sound opinion. Um, yeah, it seems a little weird. I I also wonder if they're. A little worried about people just playing small scale 40k with uh, Legions Imperialis. <laughs> they, already I mean, they already fucking are. They already fucking are. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I wonder if that is also why they're they're kind of making this a little pricey. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, I was well, thinking other, about it. Doing small this is scale. the other stupid thing. The other stupid thing is right. They they bring out the box game and they're saying, "Oh, the perfect size to play is like three thousand points." You see, tons of let's play videos get you into how to play. They're all playing just like you know thousand five hundred, and it looks pretty. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty yeah. dynamic at that size. And then they did on Warhammer Plus a a let's play. This is how you play Epic. And they did like they did the little the tiny detachments. They brought out special rules. To go if you're playing a thousand points and you're only using what's in the box game, you can build two small detachments using these detachment rules, which have less stipulations on what you need to take. It's just literally like a HQ and a unit of troops and a support. I'm like, well, that's kind of bad if you're having to go like, oh, you just bought this game. And you're like, how do I play it? By the rules, I can't play it. What's in the rule book? I can't play the game. And then you you put <laughs> well, out an extra thing to, here's how you can play with what's in the box. You're like, for fuck's sake, just like. Yeah. I mean, they've done that a lot of times, you know. Um, 40K, 3rd edition, 4th edition, wasn't like a complete army in the box. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, couple of t- well usually for uh for fantasy they put in the little cardboard miniatures and stuff right yeah to give you uh to give you something cool uh, uh, they, yeah there's a reason a they didn't put cardboard buildings in this because card is expensive right now oh understood <laughs> yeah yeah and they they don't print their own card stock right yeah. they they only uh have the miniature production but i that was the, the lack of terrain was a little surprising to me you know yeah usually they have just like a couple things in there it's not enough obviously for an entire battlefield but i also i want to hone in on what you're saying about the points level because they say three thousand people are doing half of that and it looks great looks fun you know playing third edition 40k why would i ever play two thousand points you know one thousand yeah. points is fun it's it's quick you get like a good variety of like troops and other units and makes it pretty spicy. So it also fits on your kitchen table. (laughs) That's, that's true too. Yeah. You can have, you can have a slightly smaller board, but also on a four by six, it feels good. Uh, yeah. I feel like a lot of times games workshop says that you need to have more models on the table than you actually do to have fun. Yeah. And I, I, again, I've just got a look at like the back of the Epic 40,000 box and the fact it came with terrain. And yeah, I was just looking at that too. It just needs plastic. To, that's that's why I would have. Want, I think they could have. They could have gotten away with that and gone like, "Hey, here's what you need to. Here's what you get in the box. You get what you need to play and a bit of terrain, and your board size yeah. is and that three by three table. You know oh, that could have worked. That could have worked. Yeah, these were uh, these were plastic ruins, plastic gothic ruins. They're really the, uh, nice. Epic ones. forty thousand. Yeah, and it came with ooh, right. I see a cardstock uh, gargant right there. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. Right, so we're going to wrap up on our old rules, but we're going to do a really quick fire on okay. Old World. Old wine is good wine. Yes, but expensive wine is good wine also. Yes, but the older the wine is, the gooder it is. So right, old what do we like? Old World is definitely multiple editions smashed together. That's for yeah. fucking sure. Yeah. Um. So, things I like. Charging doesn't mean you hit automatically first. It actually just is an initiative bonus. So, even if those fucking grots are charging your elves, your elves are going to fuck them up first, which is, thank God. Um, I like that. I think that's good. It's a little wonky to have to track the uh, the initiative, but I think that's pretty good. Uh, Magic. Magic is cleaned up. Uh, This might be, well, we'll have to see what the spells are like, but this might be the best magic system they got. Um, It's no cards, spell list, 
take your spells, roll 2d6, you get some bonuses, and you try to cast the spell. Um, yeah. It's less swingy than the dice pool, uh, doesn't rely on the random cards, and yeah, it's still got like miscasts and that kind yeah, of stuff, so it'd I be think, thematic. And I think it already supports uh, how Kemri will work, because I think Kemri will have just, you cast a spell, and it has a value, you don't have to roll the dice, which means obviously you're not going to miscast, but you're not going to get overwhelming power. So, you know, um, it gives you that certainty. So that's fine. Right. Um, let's see. What else we got? Uh, movement is... Is it a bit less wonky? Because, like, it's... Mo- if you Like, movement well, is movement with wheeling. Like, it's, it's classic yeah. wheeling. It's yeah. classic column formation, skirmish formation you know etc well, that's that's the big thing is that formations are are kind of back and uh a bit more of a bit more of a deal than they were in the later editions so that's pretty cool um yeah i mean wheeling's always been kind of wonky so that's just something i think you're gonna have to deal with yeah um it's a feature not know, a bug <laughs> uh no it, it might be both. buggy we'll it, see <laughs> buggy feature. um but it's it's charging better because it's 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 movement plus the best of the 2d6 that you roll so that's all right i'm okay with that it's not as random as the roll 2d6 that was in eighth edition is also in 40k these days uh yeah wasn't it's it's, oh yeah is that is that right in in eighth edition it was if you wanted to charge you just rolled 2d6 and that was how far you moved yeah oh yeah i fucking hated that (laughs) yeah i'm not i'm not a huge fan of it you know this because it includes your movement in it's basically it's a movement plus d6 that means it's basically this is your regular movement for these guys plus they're running to charge in that that seems reasonable to me and it's kind of a risk thing right yeah you're gonna Um, average on average yeah yeah if you're very close you might be able to get them if you're far away uh but you know with warhammer fantasy back in the day you remember playing it it was all about you didn't get to pre-measure you're all like you're kind of scooching forward trying to figure out like triangulating with your shooting am i gonna be able to charge some people are just perfect with measuring distances yeah and that was an advantage it was a skill but you know uh, yeah so this this makes it less of a skill and more about pressing your luck which is good um and that means obviously they've they've done the thing where if you if you have got a unit that's good at movement like you mounted it's going to be if they're going to charge, it's going to be movement plus the best of two D six plus a further D six. So, yep. you know, again, there's, there's a, an element of you could go quite far, but there's also that kind of like, there's a, there's a nice, you know, you, you on average, you know, you're going to go, you know, how far you're going to charge. And yep. it's a question then of, are you going to risk it? Or are you going to wait until you're, you know, you're guaranteed, pretty much guaranteed you're going to get that charge. Right. So I like that because that works in with like the whole how um you know the nuance of how combat's win because I think combat's basically going to be much like how it's ever been but the psychology of how you lose combat is not just a straight you flee or you hold there's either you you hold you fall back gracefully or you mm-hmm. flee and that fall back gracefully I think's really really interesting because Sometimes, as a unit charging into another, you're hoping you're going to fuck them up in that first go. And you're you, the whole point why you charged was because you get that initiative bonus, you know, you get strike first, whatever. You get the charging bonus that might be on a weapon like lances, like you get that extra strength bonus, whatever. Yep. Or you're a chariot and you get the extra damage 
blah blah blah. But if you don't wipe out that unit on that first charge, are you re- and they fall back gracefully? Are you really want to follow up? Follow them up? Do you really want right. to grind against them? Like, because that's when like that unit of I don't know like chaos warriors, they're gonna be like, no, we can. They have they've they've got their opportunity to like you know, beat you down. So I think that's really yeah. interesting. And it also brings in a lot of uh, interesting dilemmas because um, you could have your opponent fall back. So, you know, you're assuming in, in Warhammer, it's probably going to be two battle lines smashing against each other. If some of these units fall back, that can leave gaps to do flank charges into yeah. uh, other units. If you're able to, uh, you know, kind of press your luck and get in there, you might not want to follow them up. You might want to uh, flank charge somebody who's already in combat with another one of your exactly, units. Exactly, yeah you hope they're going to uh, to last another turn. So that makes it really interesting, uh, adds in a lot of dilemmas. And, you know, this really takes a lot of inspiration, I think, from other uh, Warhammer and Warhammer adjacent games like Warmaster and then Black Powder, which uses the same system. It has similar psychology to uh, units falling back, which is uh, pretty cool. And I think that whole falling back gracefully and that balance of how combat's going to work, I think we're actually going to properly finally see in in Warhammer Fantasy Battle, like wheeling of armies, where you know hmm. the 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 battle line rotates on the bat on right. the battlefield as a result right. of these graceful fallbacks and the other side pressing, you know, the your other flank pressing it pressing itself forward. So, yep. um, yeah, that's all. I'm actually, you know, because of this, I'm actually quite excited about Warhammer Fantasy Battle, which leads us to yep. the final question: What the fuck are we like? If if you know, assuming we've got some spare cash, which you know, I think my, I think, I think my job on my mental health well-being may well fund me my army. <laughs> <laughs> I shit yeah. you not. Um, what army do you want to collect? Um, I'll go first because sure. I think people are pretty clear on this. I like Kemri. I bought Kemri. My, you know, the Kemri box army when it first came out back in the day in two thousand four, sixth edition. I yep. got that on staff discount because it was no one had bought it in, after a week and i was like i'm staff i have discount <laughs> um nice. i had yeah. a lot of fun with them and it would be a fucking easy army to paint because it's literally oh, yeah. in this really day fast. and age is spray brown spray bone see neither white going with details and gold done 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 that's yep. like fucking easy will look great and that box army they've shown off is huge it's like two units of skelly spearmen two units of archers uh two units of mounted troops with um either spears and bows uh some big monster and chariots like it's fucking massive it's massive um but given that i'm a lazy painter these days um and because of the way the rules are set out, I'm thinking a classic Chaos Army of Nurgle would be fucking rad. Just Chaos Warriors of would Nurgle. Be. Really nice. And I've had an army like that before, but that was back when the Chaos Warriors were the first multi-part Chaos Warriors, which were Ooh. a fucking ball egg to Ooh. put together. They were yeah. ugly fuckers. They were so ugly. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so that's where I'm, 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 I'm leaning. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, well... You know, my armies back in the day were vampire counts and ogres, so uh, those are both out. Mm. Uh, at least with the initial, the initial launch. Um, I'm thinking about beasts of chaos with a Nurgle theme. Uh, when I played nice. vampire counts, actually, my zombies were half like gores and ungores and half zombie kits, and I still have some zombie pieces floating around. So I think that'd be pretty cool. But beasts of chaos, you know, kind of neat. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to see what their mechanics are like because they weren't that great back in the day. I want to see if they're more of a skirmish army or if they actually have more rank and file now. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, I don't have a lot of space and uh, probably shouldn't buy any more miniatures. So that might <laughs> yeah, put right. a kibosh on uh, the old world, unfortunately. But I, I, I'm uh, really highly interested in it. I'd be interested to see what like a thousand points looks like in this game system and how playable Ooh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's if it's playable at a thousand points, then I'm in. Um Yeah, you could kind of do a thousand points in sixth edition fantasy and seventh edition. I just I'm just like thinking of things like um yeah, like vampire counts, right? With um Yeah. With the recent um the recent Death Rattle skeletons that you know, had their designs first in Curse City. Like that vampire mm-hmm. counts army now would look, it would super look so cool. sweet. It, it would, would be it's literally the vampire. Oh my god. It's like I'm looking at all my Curse City stuff and it's like I just need I just need base converters for like the troops. I've got zombies, yep. base convert those. Uh I've got vampires, base convert those. I've got giant bats, base converters on those. Uh alternatively I well, no, not say alternatively, but what if they do in the vampire counts they have a way that you can use your um uh, night haunts in there. So you've got units of ghosts. Well, why, yeah, why they the always had the spirit don't? host and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be awesome. Uh, I think they want to keep. Oh no, Age vampire of cats are in this edition, are they? Though I don't think initially. I think it's they're just not. Camry. They're not. Yeah, it's just Camry. And they because they want to keep the uh, Age of Sigmar stuff in Age of Sigmar. Basically, that's why they only are doing the old world now after they finally got uh, Seas of Sigmar to have their own actual yeah yeah yeah. Uh, although empire using some of those seeds of sigmar kits would be pretty sweet so i mean empire is pretty cool empire army is pretty cool anyway i think um and this is where the excitement the true excitement of all this comes from is because you know what this means for for mordheim for people that still play it is great because there's models coming out again um and this leads us into our last our last thing which is obviously we're going to be doing some more um dark hammer episodes so i think we're going to be talking about some old world stuff we're going to definitely we've covered i think we've covered bretonia haven't we yeah yes yeah you did that so one. i think we should definitely talk about kemri as like a place to adventure because i think it's yeah an interesting place for old world adventurers to go down and will also find um remnants of the kemri empire when they once you know their their empire extended almost to the old world or actually into the old world so i think um that'd be really cool to go like you know fighting against um or uncovering old tombs of these ancient sinister undead yeah, there was a um there's a kemri source book for warp of fantasy roleplay second edition actually we could take a look at that Oh yeah, there was. There was yeah, something like Tomb of the Lich Lord, or no, no, that was a Warhammer Quest adventure. Never mind. But there was an actual source book. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, I think that's it. It's been. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot we covered there. Uh, so um, let's finish this on on a, a final take home message. So older <laughs> systems were they better, yay or nay, Mike? Uh, they're great for me because, you know, you already kind of learned them, right? You know, it's so easy to just like slip back in. Uh, yeah. They might not be I... better for, for newer players. And I think that's yeah. something to really study. I think Brendan was making some really great points about that with some of the, uh, like the, the kids Warhammer events he's been running and that kind of stuff. Oh, um, okay. so I think we should really analyze that, you know, there could be generation differences that make some additions better than, uh, those for others. Games Workshop does actually do a lot of marketing, uh, market research, I should say. 
to figure things out and and test things uh, oh, more yeah. than they used to. So they might know better than we do about what's what's yeah. great. But uh, for me, third edition 40k is pretty dope. Yeah, I would say yeah. If I had to pick editions to play of 40k, I would go for <clears throat> mostly let's say fourth edition. You know that sweet spot between yeah. you know third edition with with polish is good correct um with epic you know i still i still love epic 40k but i i'm happy with what we've got here this is cool um is it all all the old systems always better i mean no because warcry's awesome new necromunda's wicked um shadow war armageddon came out it was second edition but then kind of just faded really fast in favor yeah. of kill team. i mean i, Which kill I, haven't team... new, I haven't played new kill team yet i still look yeah. at the rules i get confused um, <laughs> so there's something to be said there um so yeah if you if you uh if you agree with us you can just put a like you can listen to the rest of our episodes if you hate our views you should tell us that you fucking hate our views and yeah you come on our discord why. Come on our Discord, Discord and have at us. <laughs> Bitch and wine. Um, tell us why you like Epic. Tell us why you hate Epic. Um, tell us why you're excited for the Old World. Tell us why you think Old World is a bag of, bag of dog shit, really. And, you know, why are they bring it back? Why, why, why are we playing with models that are now 30 years old, maybe? Yeah, sometimes. Yep. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, God, they're, they're, they're really old. They're at least 20 years old in the case of Kemri. Um yeah yeah well hey hey 40k they're still using the katachan jungle fighters from, uh, <laughs> oh fuck yeah the 90s <laughs> oh they what year were they 1998 1998 yeah no 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 they're earlier than that i oh, know 1998 1999 2000 yeah they're they're god they're they're fucking awful um <laughs> wow they're so shit and the fact that yep. eldari are getting updated before them um yep yeah okay well that is that's realm of fire um yeah you know where to contact us at dark days radio uh at gmail.com to email your opinions join our discord dark days radio uh join our instagram dark days radio uh we're on uh we're on threads i mean, need to post a bit more threads because twitter x is a bag of dog bollocks there so come to threads it's got better play threads does really nice way of doing images so i should get on on, on that and do you know because it, it splits you can split um images into mm. panels and then when you use it as a carousel it, it stitches them all together to be a single image so it's kind of cool oh, um that's pretty cool and then we're going to talk about some role play stuff in um dark hammer we're going to talk more about as i said kemri and i think we've got to talk about the lizardman at some point because that's oh, cool. that'd be good um yeah. and uh rpgs for dark days radio really uh, Ooh, really yeah. off again yeah got yeah. some cult coming up that'll be sweet cult and uh other stuff we're going to basically teach you show you how to play show how to make characters tell you why the game's good or shit whichever yeah. uh but you'll you'll get an honest opinion because we want to do some other stuff so if you've got some games you want us to play tell us um yeah that's about it so yeah thanks for taking your time mike to come on and chat third edition and yep. we'll be back mostly in a month's time or so uh hopefully once we've played some more games of of these things and uh give you some more hot takes on new stuff from games workshop and other war games so goodbye for now take it easy 